Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Boss! 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 Welcome into a season-ending edition of At the Buzzer. We are a Ralphie Report podcast. As always, that talks about the greatest that Colorado Athletics has to offer. As always, um, we are in the midst of the fall sports season. I am one of your co-hosts, Jack, who's been doing this for a sec now. The other co-host over there, Sam. Hello. Hello. And uh, this week is full of fun goodies. So basketball is back from their long road trip. We'll talk about everything that happened, the highs, which are incredibly high, and the lows, which are the lowest I've ever seen in a Tab Boyle team. Um, and then we will dig a little bit deeper into the end of the football season, talk about what happened this year, which was something. Um, and, of course, we brought in our good friend Jeff Hauser, who also writes at Ralph Report and does a lot more of the the Capital J journalist shit that I cannot do um, to, to get us up to speed a little bit as CU ends nears the end of the coaching carousel. Um, so, you know, all a bunch of fun stuff. And um, I think we're going to get it kicked off with football, right, Sam? I think so. Yeah, why not? Right, let's do it up. So that Utah game, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Senior day. Last night. What's that? Saturday night. What was Saturday I doing? Night? I didn't watch it. Neither did I. I think I watched the World Cup game. I watched Argentina, Mexico, and then nice. it ended. And I tried watching Michigan, Ohio State. Nice. And Great then. Game. I went to bed early. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's like I, uh, watching CU. I saw the glass onion at the same exact time that the CU-Utah game happened. Great oh, choice. Great. great choice by me. Uh, yeah. um, I watched some of it afterwards. Or, uh, you know, I, I got the gist. And um, CU still bad is what I found out. Um, it, it's too bad for these seniors. Probably the most tumultuous time in CU history is, is what they went through. So... You know, I'll miss guys like Terrence Lang, guys like Brady Russell. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel bad that their career was just completely upended by stuff completely out of their control, and they and they still gave their best. You know, um, it's going to be tough to see those guys. See today always is emotional ish for me. I, I don't think I'll ever feel as emotional as Evan Batty's last year, but um, it's it's never fun, especially on the football side, seeing them leave in a way like like this. Um, and, and Utah certainly did not take it easy on them for senior day. That was a complete oh, no. drubbing. 63-21. Well, I mean, well, they did take it easy because it was 42-0 at halftime, and <laughs> CU had 18 total yards. Hell yeah, baby. Hell yeah, baby. It was 19 first downs to one first down also at halftime. It's just – it's like, like, I don't know. Like – We've had, okay, I see. 
We've had five starting quarterbacks this year. Maddox Cop. Maddox Cop becoming the latest one. Was Drew Carter a starter or did I make that up? Because Drew Carter played. So we've Drew had Carter five. Started his last year. He did not start this year. Okay, okay. So four starters plus Drew Carter, who also played, but one of four for three yards. So I guess he didn't really play. Um, that's like, it's just, just throwing, throwing them out to the Wolves against Utah in like kind of a depressing way that just makes you like, like, why are we, why are we playing this game? <laughs> why are we even doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I would just take the snap, sit down. <laughs> it did feel a lot of like, over. kind of like performative theater with the kids. You're just like, oh man, these poor guys. Yeah. Like you gotta have, someone's gotta do better. Gotta do right by you, man. At some point you just, you just feel bad for him. Um, and I, you know, I, I, you hope, you hope that, um, that it's, it's better for them soon. Based off what we're hearing, it will be more fun soon, I guess, in the very near future, no matter what. Um, but yeah, it was uh, rough scenes in Boulder um, for that, for that specific game. And this ends a, a just rough November in general for CU. Like it has been brutal. Um for CU as a whole in November. CU, this is the hardest part of the schedule. Interim head coach, blah blah blah. Like, yeah, it, it was a it was a disaster. So, um, I don't know. The season's over. Finally, thankfully, is what the I'll season's say. over. The season's I, over. I'm taking that as a good thing. So that that's where I'm at for CU. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I found before we, so I want to transition into the whole season recap and I want to transition using a sad stat that I found Yes. and somehow I deleted the tab that it was in. That was done. Let me pull up. Uh, do you know when the last, so, okay, here, the, here's the thing. The the leading, the most yards from scrimmage on CU. 477 by Dion Smith. Nice. Would you have guessed Dion Smith was the leading? I would have guessed Jordan Tyson. Okay. Well, Jordan Tyson is very close in second place. There you go. Do you want to know the last time CU had a player with like, like their leading yard guy having less than 477 yards? I would assume it was last year. Because of how bad it was not last year. It was not last year. It was not last year because let me pull it up. I had all these tabs open. Jarek Broussard still had 742 yards. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Not bad. Not bad. Um, Do you want a second guess? 2011? Well, a good guess would have been 2020 since we played six games, but that was also not it because of also Jarek Broussard. That's insanity. That is insanity. Um, I'll give you a hint. Oh, God. Never has this happened in a 12-game season. Never has it happened in an 11-game season. And it last happened in a 10-game season in 1964. When wow. luminaries such as Bill Simons and Robert Lee were 
leading the two and ten Buffaloes to Robert Lee is a rough name. Nowhere. Robert Lee is a rough name, especially because I looked him up and he is from Waco, Texas. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I don't like any of that. Uh yeah, that team sucked. Yeah. Oh, we beat Air Force that year. Oh, okay. Um, so that's a that's a that was my depressing stat for you that, that I was sitting stat. on for a while. That is a depressing stat. Thank you for sharing, Sam. Um, um this yeah, season, yeah, did, did this you have any, not fun to watch? That's all I'm gonna say. Go do ahead. you have any uh a high to the season? A low to the season? I think this this could be kind of a low, it's just like just being a corpse on the ground, just like step over me. <laughs> Please, just um, yeah, this the Utah game is pretty fucking rough. Um, yeah, and I I don't know. It, it's I I didn't like I didn't like it one bit. I did not like it one bit. Um, What's so, funny also is that the Utah game has been maybe the low of the last six seasons. That was the most Utah scored in a game and against an FBS opponent. Uh, since 2010, so they they stomped all oh, over okay. CU and yes, they CU, could have scored a lot more. CU honored Frank Phillip, which was nice with the touchdown and did all this stuff, but they could have scored a lot more. Very obvious that CU just does not have the horses this year. Carl Durrell's impact was felt within the talent that was on display. It was rough this whole season. I did not like watching in the back half. Um, it was way more fun for me to watch coaching carousel stuff. Calwin was fun. The Calwin was fun, and I'm glad they got one on the board. Um, but man, oh man, just tough out here. Yep. <laughs> All right. I got nothing else on this. Um, Off, let's do this. Did you, did you have a high, high point? In this yes, season? I do. Cal yes. win. I was on the field for the Cal win. Um, Cal win. Storming yes. the field. It was, that was very fun. I enjoyed that. Um, and that I'm glad the players got one in. So I, I would say obviously the, the Cal win and and personally the being on the field for core storming is was the the big the, the the fun part to me. So that that's my answer. Um let me see. Maybe the first half against TCU in hindsight. Okay. Holding down. An offense that turned out to be amazing, but that's not really it. Oh man, I think the high point <laughs> might be the coaching rumors because, yeah. like, it's been fun. It's been fun. It's been fun. It's been fun. Um, I think the high point isn't necessarily the Cal win, but that was the high point, and I I literally forgot that I watched it, and I did watch it. Um. I think the high point was that it extended the FBS streak of all the interim coaches winning their first. Yes, game. that's a good. That's a good call. The, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I got. Um, you predicted what two wins? You said I think so. they would go two and ten. Uh, you were wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. I was too optimistic, optimistic somehow. <laughs> so um, yeah i was convinced i was convinced that the defense would be fine enough to be competitive no nope. i did not think that they would have the uh 
worst run defense in the country for a good portion of the season. And while simultaneously oh having the second worst offense in power. Five. Yeah, that hurt. Um, right, football. Yeah, it was, um, it was a rough defense. It was a rough defense for sure. Not, not to, not to kind of punch down on this team, but I also had high hopes for Ashton Logan. Uh, <laughs> and I was thinking if we can have anything nice, it would be nice to have a, a fun punter. And no, nothing, nothing, nothing okay. I wanted. Uh, do you have an MVP of the season? Because I think yes, it's pretty I do. clear. Yes. And who is that? Jordan Tyson. Yeah, of course. He Jordan Tyson. Be. He has to be the MVP. He was the he was the bright spot of the offense, no? Um, like you said, Deion Smith probably has more yards from scrimmage, but Jordan Tyson is probably the single most um, exciting piece that CU has right now. Um, so I think it has to be Jordan Tyson. And we had heard things about him from the preseason, but it was more of someone to watch for, like maybe, maybe. Yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah, he'll show up. He's something. Yeah. We're expecting more out of RJ Sneed, probably. Um, Expecting more out of uh, a whole lot of people. Um, (laughs) You were going to say it. (laughs) Because I was waiting. You were going to throw an alley oop and I was going to dunk it. Um, (laughs) I'll say it. yeah, so that was he was a nice surprise, and I personally I'll wait I'll wait for the defense I'll wait for you for the defense. Sorry, what, who's your um, MVP offensively? I mean, yeah, it has to be Jordan Tyson. Um, yeah, I think I checked out on the season by the time Anthony Hankerson started to he was to fun, do though. well. He was fun. Like it's just like nobody was really healthy. That's that's an issue too. Is that like only a handful of players actually really played more than ten games, mm-hmm. including Jordan Tyson, who of course was lost to a season-ending injury, and we're just hoping, praying that he stays on the team. Yeah, literally. And I will like, say that's what happens if you shine too brightly. Shout out to Mike Sanford, company man. Owen McCown showing some promise and mysteriously getting an injury right after he played his fourth game, thereby preserving his red shirt. Um, so that that was fun. I think you know Mike Owen McCown is not the worst young quarterback to have on your team. I think you can do much worse than that. So um, shout out to Mike Sanford for for taking one for the team there. I should also shout out Mike Sanford for just being a positive person. Hmm. And just like really having the players get behind him, despite like, like he has honestly been, I mean, obviously this was a lost season, so we're not looking at the X's and O's of it, but um, like to just kind of be there for these players as the season is just yeah. going down the shitter. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> it seemed like they had a lot more fun with him in charge. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, who is your defensive MVP? I'll pick Trevor Woods. Besides. I've been talking about Trevor Woods yeah. for years. He showed up years. In a big way. I love Trevor Woods. Um, huge MVP. 
Great, you know, just a football player was there when they needed him on the defensive side of the ball. There's some other easier answers, but I think Trevor Woods is another guy you just have to hold on to if you're a new head coach. You have to. I mean, he 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 about them won the Cal game, right? Trevor Woods? Yeah. He helped he for sure. I mean, yeah, he was a big part of that. Yeah. Um and because okay, we didn't mention Montana Lamonius Craig having who is the game of his yes. career. We should have mentioned him. Montana Lamonius Craig yeah. is a great player. Game of his career against Cal, just super solid uh receiver and incredible name. So I think he and Tyson, if you can keep both of those for next year, that's a fun receiver tandem. But go ahead, sorry. Now okay, so I say this as someone who was certainly not paying attention to the defense very much. And I didn't really have much positive to say besides Trevor Woods, but I did come away impressed with Nico Reed every time I watched. Mm. He's athletic. Yeah. And that's pretty much all I got. I don't, I don't have any other thing to say about Nico. I just thought he looked good. Um, I like Kayla Moore actually out of the duo. I think Kayla Moore yeah. is more, uh, I don't know, more athletic, more natural talent there. I think they're both, like you said, in the past defense, especially on the stretch, just completely collapsed against against the weight of Oregon and USC and even Utah. Um, but they're all really young. So I, I don't know. I think Moore and Reed both showed a lot. And I personally am pretty excited for, for Kalen Moore. But Trevor Woods has to be the answer for me. And shout out Josh Jones Meadow as well. Playing hard yeah. as a transfer. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> what else we got. Season recap. I mean, the fact that we don't even want to talk that much about this season tells you everything we need to know. Like, I I want to talk about last year even, and last year was not fun either. So, like, this year was not good. The most interesting thing in the past six weeks, and like we both said, is absolutely the coaching search. That is a hundred percent the most interesting thing that's happening in the last uh six weeks so we got some some coming later some some info coming later with our boy jeff coming hopping on but uh yeah i i would say last year last year was worse because we were coming off the bowl appearance and we had some talented young players coming in Mm -hmm. and we really thought wow this could be this could be a year where we take some steps like maybe we'll lose more games, but like three and nine could be a really exciting three and nine. Four and eight could be really nice. Yep. And then to just see the first game of the season, like the offense, just as bad as it was. Yep. Um, Somehow. That was worse. That was worse. Somehow. This, this year. Offense, that was just as bad. This as year we knew. Offense. We knew we were going to be bad this year. I didn't yeah. quite expect us to be as bad as it was in John Embry's last year. Um. I, I don't think we were that bad. One of the worst CU seasons of all time. This is absolutely one of the worst. One of the worst Power Five conference seasons of all time. <laughs> this actually that could be true. CU's. This this could be CU's worst ever team. Like actually, I I stopped paying I, attention dude, to these numbers. Dude, twenty twelve was twenty twelve was really bad, man. I don't know. Twenty twelve okay, was really okay. bad. I think uh, I saw some advanced stats. This was like, I think this was after the Minnesota UCLA game, something where it was basically saying that CU is at that point was the worst CU team ever. And I haven't followed up and there were some semi-competitive games along the way, 
Arizona, Arizona mm-hmm. State, and then beating Cal. Uh, but then those blowouts at the very end, like I, I don't know if they impacted those stats, but I think that this has an argument. I don't think it's worse than 2012, but it has an argument as being this worst CU team since like the 50s or something. There may be an argument. I don't know. It, you 2012 was really, really bad. Really, really bad. So I, I struggle to think it was that bad, but it might be with – with time, maybe I will think that. I don't know. I, I just I mm. struggle right now with that. So I'm looking at the quarterbacks. I would rather have Shrout slash Cade McCown. Or I and Jordan Webb, really. Wait, who would you take? I would take Jordan Webb. <laughs> Mm, okay, okay. So do you have the roster? Did you pull up the 2012 roster? I have not pulled it up, no. All right, why don't, why don't we play a game? Okay. Wow, Nelson Spruce and Jordan Tyson are looking pretty much identical here. Jordan hey. Tyson just has twice as many yards per catch. Really? Oh, Tyler McCulloch was not good. T.Y. <laughs> All right, which which group of running backs would you rather have? Twenty twelve or this group? Yeah, this group. I would I would agree. This group is better. All right, now receivers, and this does come with the hindsight that Spruce well, turned into a star. Probably twenty twelve. It wasn't P Rich on twenty twelve. No. Really? I think okay. maybe that was his transfer year. Oh, you didn't pull up the roster. Can Not me yet. tell you then? Okay, okay. So it was Nelson Spruce, Tyler McCulloch, and then, oh, Gerald Thomas, Vincent Hobbs. I don't even know who these guys are. And then Nick Casa. Nick Casa. And then, oh, man, I remember Scott Fernandez caught one pass for 71 Scooter! yards touchdown. Scooter Fernandez, right? Am I okay, making that and up? Then, and then Ralphie Report legend Keenan Canty. Hell yeah. Who was the head? Wow, this is okay. I, like I have it up now. Six this years. is insane. So it's this is a horrible roster. Like horrible receiver. Oh, I know. It's just Nelson Spruce, Nick Kaza, and a bunch of bums. Offensive line. Honestly, like I oh, offensive line, I don't have that pulled up, but I would assume 2012 was better because they had David Bakhtiari. No. I'm saying pretty I'm saying no. I think this this series offensive line was better. David Bakhtiari is not on the roster in 2012. There's no way. Well, he was drafted in 2013, so he would be on that roster. Uh oh, he is. You're right. They have junior Bakhtiari. Sophomore Bakhtiari, because oh he was a junior God. when he went drafted. Freshman drafted. Oh no, no, no. He got drafted off this team. Wow, apparently that's what happens if you put an all-pro left tackle on a 1-11 in team. They'll fall to the fifth round. <laughs> Interesting. Josh Tupau was on that team? Okay. Uh-huh. Damn, he was around forever. Um, and then Kenneth Crawley, another NFL player. See, okay, so I'm biased because I actually thought that this defense was going to be good. This 2012 defense. Because Chidera Uzo Deribe is good. 
Yeah. Will Paracek is good. Greg Henderson. Greg Henderson was very solid. Uh, Ken Crawley was not that good, but he should have been better. Yeah. John Major, I always thought would be good. Uh, Doug Rippey, I thought would be good. And then Ray Polk was not good, but I thought he would be. So it's like a bunch of players I thought. Oh, Yuri Wright. Hello. Yuri Wright. There we go. There's a name. And then this roster. Okay, this is my problem because what's bad is I think I know, like I could accurately tell you how the 2012 players played more than I could tell you the 2022 players played. <laughs> um, no, that's not true, but it's it's close to it's closer to the truth than I'd like it to be. <laughs> I mean. The other thing about 2012, also won only one game, I believe, in conference, is the home loss. It was an easier schedule, and it was probably more upsetting that they didn't do what they needed to at that time because of how easy that schedule was, in my opinion. I have to look up the schedule. This was not planned, by the way, to compare these rosters. No, it was not, as you can tell. It's oh yeah, this a little long, long, probably. Okay, okay, okay. I think I think we can be done with this. But <laughs> the point is, yes, it was bad. It was bad. It was very bad. This team is close to that bad. It is and definitely close to that bad. We could be done with it. We could be done. We could be done with this team and move on to bigger and better things, like the coach. Uh, well, not before. So I, we could spend maybe a few minutes about basketball. Okay. Because uh, I watched the Yale game. I watched the Yale game. It was on Sunday. Let's start with the Yale game. Um, this team. So I have not been able to watch the last few games, and I've struggled to find good highlights. I can okay. see where this team is good, and I can see where this team is bad, and I would not be surprised in a given day which team shows up. Um. Yeah. Okay. That's a succinct. Um, that's very succinct. Yeah, and like I, I, I said it in the in the chat. It was like stuff where it's like, uh, like you don't know which offensive players are going to show up. You don't know which offensive players can shoot that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a good chance no one's going to be able to make any layups. Um, and then there's this issue of like with Lawson Lovering where it's like the defense looks fantastic when he's out there and then the offense looks bad when he is out there and then you take him off the floor then the defense falls apart but then the offense looks electric and I like I don't know where I'm at with this team right now and I don't know where you are at so I wanted to hear what you have to say about this because I because that's kind of it okay so I watched I watched their lead up road trip into the um, tournament they were in, it's not, it's the Myrtle Beach Invitational. Um, that's what it is. And, I, and then I watched most of the games within the Myrtle Beach Invitational. So I, I missed their game against UMass, but I watched their Texas A&M win. I watched their Boise State loss, um, which I believe took them out of the tournament. And then I missed the CL game. So you, you caught me up there. But um, that road trip is everything you need to know about this team, I think. I think... 
this we are a year away team. I think we said that before the, the season started. And I think I've been proven correct so far. If they are just inconsistent as hell, if they are just young and figuring each other out and the leadership is coming from different weird spots and, um, you know, when everything's clicking and KJ Simpson knows he's the best player on the court, they're going to beat Tennessee in a neutral site who then turns around and beats Kansas. Like Tennessee's not nothing this year. They're very good. And CU made them look bad. CU made them look not good. That is like, they have that potential at the same time, literally the game before that, they lost to Grambling State, who then lost to Arizona State by 40. I don't think the CU team is 56 transitive points worse than Arizona State. So this team is just up and down to the extreme, to the absolute max. Um, and I think this road trip proved it. You know, beat Tennessee in a neutral site, and then you lose to UMass in the tournament. Next game, you beat a ranked Texas A&M team. Did they deserve to be ranked? No, probably not. But they're still talented. Like, and, and CU made them look bad. They moved the ball so well against their zone. Texas A&M could not drive. Like you said, Lost and Loving in the middle of the zone is a nightmare. Like, I, you know, they looked solid there. And then they turn around and lose to a Boise State team that just mucked it up, made it foul heavy. Tristan DeSilva was hurt. Javon Hadley was hurt. KJ Simpson limped off near the end. Like, CU just could not find a bucket, and they lost. This team is so up and down and hurts. I'm glad they won against Yale. Like They finally, as you tweeted, beat a team they were supposed to beat. Um, and we're going to be saying that all year long, man. This is a young team that's learning. Hey, people, there's people going to pop off, and we're going to want them to be more consistent. And uh, they're showing a lot of potential for next year, I think. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I can say specifically, um, like Tristan was good today. He was aggressive. Um like scoring in different ways. And then actually at the end of the game, he kind of stopped being aggressive, which is when CU's offense got bogged down and they kind of needed him to do stuff. Him and KJ were trying to do stuff, not really happening. And some players who shouldn't be relied on for offense were trying to get clutch buckets. Uh, Jalen Gabadon with his drives, he drove into traffic and then airballed a layup. Uh, and I thought at that moment, C was going to lose this one because it was 61-60 when he did that. And then Yale got the ball. And then luckily their point guard threw away the pass just out of bounds for no reason. Wow. 61-60. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like Gabe York dribbling off his foot. And then oh, the, yeah. and then they could have tied it. It was 63-60. And then they could have tied it. And then the same guard threw a bad pass and KJ stole it. Uh, nice. And there was also a play in there where like, Julian Hammond had no idea what he was doing when he was driving. He felt contact and just like threw it up, hoping the ref would call something. And somehow he made the shot and nothing got called. Um, So like one of those, one of those games where if it happened against us, we would be fuming at this team, just throwing up bullshit. (laughs) Uh, But it was, it it was CU today and it like bailed them out because like they had some good things going and then stopped doing those good things. Yeah, I, I do think um, we're going to miss Gavadon when it's all said and done. Like, I think he's a pretty good on-court leader in terms of mentality, but definitely it feels like he's trying to figure out his limits at this level of basketball right now. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like the drives I was praising him before, like he's getting to his spots. He can't, he can't really shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ethan Wright seems like he's a good shooter, and I know he popped off against Texas A&M, but like he also like he had a good game in terms of like creating his own shot. He He's just been really interesting to watch in that way. 
Like it's more than yeah. just spot up shooting. Like he has these weird moves and yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I wrote in my notes, like I'm very impressed with Ethan Wright today, even if he's not hitting anything. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Like I, they're both, repl- like, I, I hate to say it like this, but I, I feel like CU is going to have a talent upgrade when Ethan Wright and Jalen Gavadon depart this year and everyone else is coming back. And um, there's just, there's still moments with Tristan like today where he just takes over on offense and can do everything. And first half of Boise state, like his, his touch is just unbelievable. His, his shooting touch is incredible. Um, and then there are moments when he just disappears. Um, there are moments when Javon Hadley's unplayable, like against UMass. And then there are moments where he's the, the junk King that CU needs. Um, yeah, and, and- today he, um, like Yale ha- was about to tie it. I think they were, they cut the lead to two. Yeah. Javon came out, put a lot of energy in, and yeah. then created some shots and led them to an 8-0 run. It was fantastic. Yeah. And he was just like that all game. And I, and I had seen that before, too, where he's, he's glue guy type. Yeah, dude, exactly. Um, and he's still figuring out this, this level as well. And, and the last thing I'll mention, the most important player on the team probably, like, there are moments, like, in, against Tennessee, when K.J. Simpson looks like an NBA player. Like, that Tennessee game mm-hmm. – for KJ is all time incredible, like CU point guard performance. He put the team on his back in the second half and just and then he dropped. Not be stopped. He dropped thirty against Texas A&M. Yeah, and it seemed there like he was, and he had like I think like six steals. Um, but there are also mm-hmm. times when he is way too loose and will turn the ball over, or uh, like against Boise State, he just could not find a lane and was letting that affect other parts of his like. There's just things like that where this year is meant to iron those out. It, it feels a lot like McKinley's second or third year. Um, hopefully we're a little bit farther along than that, but it, it feels like that type of season, just developmental season so far. Yeah. It, it would also be nice to see Lawson get a little more comfortable offensively. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I can, there's not much to say other than like, yeah, I don't know. You're seven foot one. Don't get blocked at the rim. I feel like that's just... yeah. He, he still goes up soft, man. He still goes up soft. Um, what what are we looking forward to? They have some big games coming up. They're playing uh, Texas. Uh, they're playing Arizona State on Thursday. Is that right? Uh, and I they're playing. Washington was first. So no, you're right. Arizona State is Thursday, and then Washington is Sunday, and then uh, home state again, home stretch against CSU, North Alabama, and Northern Colorado. Yes. I accidentally typed in Colorado Buffalo schedule, and then it took me to the Utah loss again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank okay, you. Okay, so Arizona State, Arizona State at home, Washington on the road, Colorado State. This could be a very important three game stretch. Mm-hmm. We could go zero and three, and I wouldn't be surprised. I would go three and zero. We could go three and zero, and I wouldn't be surprised. We should be going three and zero, but we don't. This team we has could, yet to decide that they can do what they should do most of the time. Yeah. So, have you watched any Arizona State? I'm not going to pretend I have. Uh, I very briefly watched them lose on the road to, I believe, Texas Southern as part of the the Pac-12 Swag Challenge. Um, and then they also just torched them. I, I would try to make fun of them. I would try to make fun of them, but we lost well, the ground. Well, who did they just win? They, they torched the hell out of, I, was it North Carolina? No, it was Michigan. Some, Michigan, that's Michigan. right. 
uh, and they can Michigan they can shoot. Good. It's 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 a classic Bobby Hurley of like when you shoot when you when you hit the shots like you are unbeatable. <laughs> you just gotta make sure you hit those shots, guys. Um, so yeah, they are they are that style team of um, yeah old school Bobby Hurley like three guard stuff. Um, so yeah, all right. Know. Okay, so typical ASU. Typical ASU, yes. Washington, I think. Are we going to hit shots? We got people who can, technically, and Ethan Wright seems like a good zone buster. We'll see. They are semi-disappointing as well, as always, into my Hawkins. So have good talent, though, so they might pop off. I don't know. We're all in this weird, mixy, like, three through nine region of the Pac-12 where anyone can beat anyone. They're, they're, they're actually five and one, and they just beat St. Mary's. There you go. So that's actually solid. solid. They they lost to Cal Baptist, but again, everybody in the Pac-12 was losing dumb games. No, it is not limited to just the Pac-12, man. Everyone nationwide is losing. The- Syracuse has lost to Colgate and Bradley. I don't want to hear it, dude. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I've not been paying attention. I I was shocked when I just saw that Texas is number one on Ken Palm. SEC lost to CU twice. Shocked. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Texas. Well, Texas is they. They got some dudes, but yeah, Kempom doesn't know what to do with its hands okay. right now. So apparently, CSU can't rebound, or they they have no offensive rebounding, which is a surprise. They're small. That's not, they're really small. They're very small. Okay. Uh, nothing. There's nothing Stevens notable. Is, they Stevens lost. Stevens is still hurt. Charles is. I think they're okay. their lead guard. Um, so. They play Peru State. That's so funny. I didn't Peru State exists. I don't even know what Peru State is. That's awesome. You mean Penn State? Is it Penn State? You mean? Nope. Nope. I don't know. Peru State College in Peru, Nebraska. They play Penn State and Peru State. Wow. I would rather. Oh, just kidding. I would not rather be at Peru State. <laughs> um. So we should we should win that game if Stevens is out, right? Mm-hmm. We absolutely should. Has that stopped okay. you from losing a game yet this year? No, it has not. <laughs> Am I going to be at that game? That's my question. No, I won't. It's too early. I'm not. I'm not quite home yet. Um. Fine. Have we? Yeah. So we've learned kind of that we've learned nothing about this team. <laughs> uh, it. This is a team. I think we've learned a lot. As in, they can beat anyone and they can lose to anyone, which is important to learn. Um, you know, I, I have no clue what, what, if they will be able to put it together this year, if they can put it together this year, this is a team that could get hot and win the, the Pac-12 championship. Absolutely. But I think that's the only path to the tournament for them. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, do you have anything else to say about CU or should we just bring on Jeff? Uh, do I have anything else to say about CU? Um, I think I'm good. I don't know. Watch them more, please. Um, okay. The basketball team is interesting. So, yeah, please watch them. Go ahead. All right. And then now we can bring on Jeff. Amazing. Let's go, Jeff. It's exciting times talking about the football team in Boulder right now because, ironically, we don't have to talk about the actual football um, which is why it's so fun. So in the past 12 weeks, CU has uh, won exactly one game. And we've also, of course, fired a head coach. 
And um, I've said this before on air multiple times. I love coaching carousel season. It's just pure drama and backroom sources and weird stuff happens and all this fun stuff. Um, and I love how how days of our lives it gets for college football. Um, so I've been keeping a close tabs on CU's coaching search. Obviously, we have a hot board up um, and we've done like weekly check ins when we record. So been very fun for me um, as this process appears to draw towards a close. Um, we thought we'd bring in some more big guns um, to talk about this. So Sam and I are joined by another Ralphie Report. Um, I'll say veteran. We're both old heads. Jeff's a veteran. It's different. Um, he has been around as well, writing for Ralphie Report for a long time, um, and also loves to talk about coaching search stuff. So welcome in, Jeff. How you doing? Hey, thank you. thank you guys for having me as always. It's always fun to hop on and, I don't know, drop some knowledge. Can we say that? <laughs> hey, we, Sam and I cannot say anything. We are not qualified to say anything. You can drop more than I <laughs> can, absolutely. So um, whatever. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to, like I said, get your thoughts in as we get near the end of this coaching search. Um, so uh, let me just tee it up a little bit more for fans. Um, CU has gone far and wide. This has been a pretty exhaustive search as far as things go. So this job has been open since week five, I believe, of the college football season. Um, and CU also hired a search firm this go around. So um, should be less called or all like surprises as we near the finish line. Um, from everything we're hearing on, on Big Noon at Fox, Bruce Feldman has been reporting some stuff. Our boy, Adam Mustard Tiger at 247 Sports has been on top of reporting some stuff. Everyone, please join there community if you have not yet they're doing a one dollar special they're incredible um and everything we're hearing from that is that cu is pretty much near the finish line here um and we've narrowed it down to a few candidates we don't want to talk we don't you know blow up the entire scoop spot like once again join adam for a lot of that but from what we know nationally um uh some candidates that we've talked about before are in there so ryan walters is the obvious straight line candidate current defensive coordinator for illinois who's a cu alum um, and a name that Sam and I have dared not speak this entire cycle because uh, it just releases the hounds has now been spoken nationally um, and looks to be the farthest along. And that name is Deion Sanders. That is prime time. Um, Deion Sanders has been supposed reportedly offered the job. If you ask Bruce Feldman um, at CU, which is to me completely shocking. So um before I go any deeper into, into my thoughts on the overall search, Sam and Jeff, um, how are we feeling about primetime coming to Boulder? Well, okay, so I can start because I I didn't think it was even worth considering when it was first. I totally agree with like you. I was right there ago. with you. Yep. <laughs> it seemed like a complete smoke screen. Yep. Because uh, there was there was other jobs opening up like Auburn, um, mm-hmm. famously, and famously I didn't open. Think <laughs> I really didn't think it would make sense on any level. Uh-huh. Um, like Dion coming from an HBCU and like wanting like that type of school, like that type of uh, <laughs> city to be in, not quite Boulder. <laughs> <laughs> and then like all the NIL stuff where it's like, CU doesn't really have the money for boosters. Like he would command transfers and, as we've talked about a million times, it's like really hard to get transfers in with CU's admissions requirements right now. And we'll, we'll talk and about like that in a sec. Also, we'll talk about that. Yeah. 
And then also, I, I didn't think like CU would have like the money to pay right. his contract if they offered him. Like it just there was pretty much nothing that would say like this is possible. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree with everything, and you know Bruce Feldman has very great sources. I I've been tracking this story since the earliest uh, the the beginning of October. The beginning of October, I had heard this crazy rumor from a very credible source that Deion Sanders had interest in coming to Colorado. I had thrown this out to you guys. I remember and said this is what I heard and. I mean, I, I could have, I could have been the loudest cricket in a quiet room, <laughs> just <laughs> trying to make sense of all this. But I, I took that and I started digging a little bit further and a little bit further. And I mean, we're talking. This process started beginning of October. Mm-hmm. We're now going into December. I mean, this has been a two-month exhausting process where there's interest on both sides. We know that CU has offered a contract. It's, it's no secret. Uh, and I've, I've heard that it's a very lucrative contract that would put him somewhere in the neighborhood of the top 15 highest paid coaches. So if you weigh that out from a, a bigger scale, I mean, we're talking somewhere in the neighborhood of a little bit more than what Mel Tucker was offered. So for maybe uh, 4.5 million a year, Mm. which is very good for uh, a coach who um, brings a lot. And I think that we need to talk about the brand. I mean, we talk about Dion the coach and we talk about what he's done at Jackson state going undefeated this season and willing his kids. I mean, he only has two losses in, in the last two years. So what he's done at, at the, at, at a very historic HBCU and granted, I mean, he's stuck around the sec bubble in, in a school that isn't traditionally thought of as a powerhouse by any means in Mississippi, but he's flipped that program around. Now, if he comes to Boulder and brings that, it brings everything that he did at Jackson state and transfers that over to Boulder. I think that he has a playground to really recruit, on. I mean, he has the pipeline to Texas, being that he is a Cowboys legend. He can reach over to California and, and grab that. You know, all in the midst of, of this entire search for the buffs. And I'm having a conversation with another colleague, and I look up on the television and I see an Affleck commercial with him and yeah. Nick Saban. So you kind of say to yourself, there's Deion Sanders, the brand, Deion Sanders, the entertainer, and Deion Sanders, the coach. What he's going to bring to the University of Colorado is all of that. I mean, automatically, you're going to bring cash to the table. Deion Sanders knows people who are, are very well-known, wealthy. You know, the, the donors of the world who can bring money, the, the check givers. Those are the folks who CU needs to roll in the door. And let's, let's just be honest about the state of CU. CU needs an overhaul. I mean, the yep. football program needs an overhaul. It's needed one for quite some time. Uh, this would give them legitimacy from a standpoint of, even if Dion stays two years, let's say it's a two-year project for him. He, he bounces after two years, goes somewhere else. 
um, be it that Florida, you know, Florida State job opens up or somewhere in the SEC um, or a high-profile pro- job, um, you know, maybe Ryan Day leaves Ohio State and, and Dion decides to really move on to something bigger and better. Uh, you know, no knock on Colorado. Like, let's let's just be honest about what Colorado in the current state is. The glory is are over. The the end of the eighties, peak of the nineties are over. We can't bank on that anymore. And there's no there's no real tools for recruiting from that era anymore. Yes, the guys are still around, most of them, but let's start building a new at CU. And I think that's what Rick George and others need to really focus on is what is Deion Sanders going to bring to the table that is going to be past the game of football? I mean, just his brand alone will bring multi-millions of dollars into Boulder and really make it a thriving community. Now, the other caveat to this, the Pac-12, when we're not talking just CU, but the Pac-12 in general, if the Pac-12 still stays alive going into 2024, Deion Sanders is going to be it. You know, Chip Kelly, bye-bye. Lincoln Riley, bye-bye. Who else is there left? And, and I mean, David Shaw, of course, resigned. Uh-huh. And, you know, you still Kyle Whittingham. So he, he's going to outlive everybody at Utah. But still, Utah may be gone too. So when you're talking about the Pac-12, there's no face for the Pac-12. So this gives them a the this gives them legitimacy, but also CU's TV money because all the games that CU has been slided on and put on the Pac-12 network, win or lose, people are going to want to watch Dion's games. So we're talking uh, it, if CU can pull this off, there's there's going to be that non-conference slate, which is pretty hefty next year, but also the Pac-12 matchups. Uh, and the, the final one with USC, the final one with UCLA, those are going to be marquee games that, you know, your ABCs, your ESPNs, um, they're going to be reaching out to want to have those games. And that brings money in the door for CU as well. So, yeah, I remember in August or October when you first were like, yeah, but, you know, watch out for Dion. I believe Sam and I both are just like, OK, <laughs> no shot. Because it just seemed like, um, like I, so. Time synthesizing some of what you just said there, like this. What this is a hire still run by Vic George. Vic George is this is his third football hire, um, and Carl Durrell is like the most keep it in the family hire I can think of. Um, and I, in my head, I'm thinking he's going to stay work without any serious transfer portal changes, without any serious administrative changes. You're not going to get someone like. Deion Sanders to even consider a seat. It's just not something that they're going to consider. Like it, it doesn't work out. Um, and I think what excites me most about someone like Deion Sanders being offered a job is two things. Number one, that's a big swing. You are swinging big. Like that is a home run style. You do not care about like the, the downside of that. Like we, that is a goes really bad. It goes really good higher there is i don't think a lot of room for mediocrity there and the other thing is what that means administratively Deion sanders is not talking to see you about any job if 
his sons can't transfer in with him from Jackson State. And that doesn't happen unless there's massive changes on the transfer portal side of things, which has been a huge thorn in CU's side. So I'm excited about what that means just overall, regardless of whether or not Deion Sanders actually says yes, it seems like the administration is actively wanting CU to be good at football again. And that is something that was not guaranteed at the start of this process. No, no, absolutely not. And the hire of Carl Durrell kind of makes people question that process. You know, Durrell wasn't a sought after guy. He wasn't like they had to fight over him. He was kind of a gap filling coach and, you know, no knock on Carl. He's a great guy. And he, he brought in uh, quality people who didn't, you know, for the most part tried to, to coach the best that they could, but, you got to get kids to buy into the system and you have to find talent, you know, and really CU needs to start asking themselves, are we ready to recruit in this uh, name image and likeness era? That, that is the ultimate question at the end of the day, past any coach that they get past any of the players that they might try to bring in. Are they ready to create a brand where students can actually build off of it? that right there are we ready to do that and if so who are we going to plug in that best fits that yeah and well and right Dion is an easy answer so so just for for more background for people um who may not be plugged into the HBCU coaching world Dion is currently at Jackson State he's been there for I believe this is his third year at Jackson State yeah it's his third year at Jackson Correct. State um he is not just like he, it, I mean, his name is obviously huge NFL legend, blah, blah, blah. But he, it's not just that he is winning games there. Um, so they are currently fighting for a conference championship um, this week. And uh, that's part of why it's kind of in mom's the word on his side. But um, he, I think, has lost five games total there. A lot of those in his first year. Um, his son, Shador Sanders, is one of the best quarterbacks at the FCS level period and was highly sought after his other son Shiloh Sanders transferred in from South Carolina as a safety um, and is presumed that both of them will follow him to whatever job he takes next um, and yeah you know Deion Sanders is still also Deion Sanders he is a recruiter first and foremost and will be whatever job he takes even if he stays at Jackson State the man recruits that's what he does so um, expect more of that um energy wherever he ends up and um yeah he he's winning at jackson state he's brought a lot of attention to jackson state he has a he has a barstool sports deal where he does like nfl picks every sunday with barstool sports uh he has a amazon prime documentary crew following him i believe um a lot of stuff going on and and it so he he brings the attention wherever he is um which is for a place like cu interesting because that that's a place that has struggled with attention as jeff mentioned um for a long time especially in the pac 12 so um i don't know it, it just a crazy name to come out of this cycle um now that we're we're pretty deep into it um and and one that could is definitely exciting in in, in a lot of ways um sam anything to add before we lock we we, we lock this up about dion not really um I mean, in terms of brand, I think it would be helpful to like the CU brand is dead, but 
Long live to see you, you can, <laughs> Yeah, long, live long. But you can still, like, have the 90s nostalgia, 80s nostalgia, and, like, the way that could catch on again, like, in, like, a semi-ironic way where it's, like, something you want to happen. I, I could see that kind of becoming a thing. Um, yeah, I, I could hmm. definitely see that, too. Okay. It, I mean, Dion was around in a, when in a was weird kind of fringe way. Dion was around when C was at its best. That's for sure. Like he, when he was playing in college, it was for the state and CU at pretty much the top. Um, so more than a lot of people, he may know what that looks like. Um, I, I mean, my obvious concern is, can he coach? Do we even know what Dion coaches like? He's never been a power five head coach. Um, his high school program went disastrously. <laughs> I think it's fair to say prime prep was a, a disaster. Um, not necessarily his fault, but you know, it was, it was a mess. Um, what does that look like? Like what, what does that look like at the power five level? He can probably recruit with the best of them no matter what, but um, can he coach at the power five level and can he bring other power five coaches with him? That's another question I have is what, you know, what does the staff look like? Because he's talked openly about wanting to bring his uh, his Jackson State staff with him. So, you know, is this a Mac, Mac, Mike McIntyre deal where we have to deal with, like, getting rid of a lot of the San Jose State guys before we can really pop off? I don't know. It's, it's mm-hmm. a lot of unanswered questions with Deion Sanders in terms of, like, actual concerns coaching. The one thing we know he can do is recruit and bring attention, which, you know, at CU's level, that might be what they need, but – those are my two main concerns is, is the coaching staff and specifically, can he at a power five, will he be exposed at a power five level? I don't know. And I have a question for you to end on. Okay. Let's see. You have kept Brian Lindgren. <clears throat> Oregon state. You like your Oregon state. <laughs> I do like my Oregon state, especially when they beat Oregon, but I am joking. Um, <laughs> and I wasn't listening to what you were saying because I was like, cool, oh, cool, that's cool, 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 cool. Well, I, I mean, so <laughs> CU is near the end of this process, and uh, Deion Sanders appears to be the number one target. I am freaking out now that Cincinnati is also available, that Deion may go to Cincinnati. Um, that is also, a, a you know, a pretty decent fit. As far as I recall, he played there as a Cincinnati Red when he was in the Major League Baseball system so uh yeah i am terrified that he will leave see you at the altar and uh go to cincinnati i don't know how you guys feel about that but um would freak me I out think it's sure. smoke. i think it's i mean honestly, I, I think it's i think it's a lot of smoke i, really? I think okay. cincinnati well think about it. it i think the next step of dion's coaching career has to be at, at power five has to be which Cincinnati will be in in two years or one year or whatever, as a as a member of the Big Twelve. Um, and Luke Fickle going to Wisconsin's a big big wrench. Um, I just I'm they are swimming in similar financial waters as CU is why I'm so worried about that is I don't know if CU will be able to outbid them. Yes. I mean, point well taken. I, I agree with you in that regard. But everything that CU has to offer that Cincinnati doesn't, 
is key at this point. I mean, and that that's something that if it's Dion, if it's another coach um, who, if you know, the, if a deal with Dion slips through the cracks, I I think that the CU needs to capitalize on every, on the positives that they have. In terms of Cincinnati, um, it it is very. I, have you ever been to Cincinnati? No, nope, I have not. <laughs> oh, very small town feel. I, I mean, very, very small town feel. Like most of the buildings have a very 30s or 40s feel. The airport doesn't even sit in Ohio. It sits in Kentucky. Uh, it's, I did not know that. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, Cincinnati is very Kentucky, nice airport, it? but it's, yes, it, it's technically it's on the border of Kentucky. So there's that. So I, I think that Boulder within itself, the tech boom that has happened there, everything that's happened in the Denver metro area. You got to look at that and say, just that alone, a coach could capitalize on having the proximity between Texas and California. Well, and yeah, and, and Boulder is very obvious. Um, exactly. Like Boulder is a place where a lot of things are happening. And I guess from what I'm hearing, Cincinnati is not right now. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that even goes into coaching calculations. Ohio's prep football is definitely at a higher level than, than Colorado's. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. I'm just getting so nervous, man. This is, it's, we are down to the wire. Um, so very briefly, I want to touch on the other candidate we've mentioned. Ryan Walters has been named by every national media since the beginning of this process. He's a CU alum, co- uh, played under Dan Hawkins. He, uh, is a current absolute stud at Illinois. Illinois defense is unbelievable. And a large part of that is Ryan Walters. Um, so it's not like he's just getting the name. He's not getting named just because he's an alum. Um, some other notes about Ryan Walters, pretty young. He's 37. Um, we've learned recently that it's not Burt Bielema's defense. It is Ryan Walters is the architect of that defense, which is kind of taking the big 10 West by storm. If you can even talk about anything in the big 10 West as a storm. Um, and you know, he's rumors are he's interviewed a few times for the job. So, um, we'll see where that comes, but I, as a as a secondary option, I don't mind. I don't mind Ryan Walters all that much. I don't know where you guys stand on that. Any thoughts on Ryan Walters? Uh, I, I, I want to see him succeed somewhere else. Yeah, that's fair. But Jeff, any thoughts? Yeah, there? I agree. I okay. I one hundred percent agree. Yeah, I. I think he's really good coach. Um, and that's part of the reason why exactly what you're talking about, just like prove it elsewhere. And then, and then we'll see, you know, down the line <laughs> kind of is where I, is what I'm thinking too. I don't know. It's it, that's, it's hard and see you, especially see you fans, especially are kind of, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but PTSD of uh, an alum currently taking over the program. Like that would, that would be hard for people to it's take. It's like, it's, it's such a tough rebuilding job, like in yeah. terms of pretty much everything that like it just feels like too much of a mess to navigate as a first year head coach. And yeah. Dion, I like wouldn't necessarily be as excited as like as a more veteran coach. But I mean, again, he's he's bringing in everything with him, um, like like him 
signing the contract would be a, like a massive step just in the rebuild already in terms of brand and stuff we already talk about. Um, but Ryan Walters would have to build everything on his own. And I don't know if he can. And I don't know if it's fair to ask him to. Like, that's an easy way to, to yeah. burn that alum bridge, right? Is just be like, hey, save this program, please. John Embry, then, you know, then John Embry happens. We're like, okay, well, now everyone hates you. Sorry. That's our bad. Well, it hasn't worked out in the past with CU affiliated personnel. Right. It hasn't. It needs to, it needs to go beyond the CU bubble. It needs new blood. We need new I blood. Totally because agree. The old blood has uh, spoiled, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> No, yeah. I, I totally agree. I mean, hey, no, no knock on Ryan Walters. He, I'm, I'm surprised at what he's done for his career, and you know he, he'll get his shot somewhere down the line. But if you if you wanted to go that route, there's others besides Ryan Walters. If you want to hire a coach, Dave Logan's been available. <laughs> you know, no, no, for, no, no, no. <laughs> Dave Logan, <laughs> we got it. In. Dave Logan is. I had to get it in. I, Okay. But I mean, he, he's available and I'm sure that if he was offered the job, he, he would probably leave the high school ranks and go he's back to Boulder. But, well, he is, <laughs> but uh, that, that job is very cush for Mr. Logan. You know, he, he goes into 850 studios and he, he does his little two hours of work and then he uh, gets in his nice luxury SUV and hits, hits the way, way home. And, I mean, nice. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what everyone has? A luxury SUV? I mean, I think that that comes with the territory, right? Like when you get a job that's that cush, you know, you, you got to, the, the Joneses have the SUV, so you need to have the SUV. Like, so. You mean like a retirement job for a 68-year-old? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, very much so, Sam. Very much so. Um, so just wrapping this up real quick. We are looking at timelines here, and the transfer portal opens December 5th. To me, that is the de facto deadline for CU to have a coach. Um, for reference, Deion Sanders is coaching in the conference championship until de- December. That is December 3rd. Um, so that is a tight timeline if Deion Sanders is, in fact, the hire. Um, so we, I'm looking at December 5th. This needs to be wrapped up. Um, I'm, I, you know... I think this is the time for predictions. So let's go ahead and predict. Um, fellas, if you had to put money down right now, who sees next head coach? Who are we saying? I I think I'm I think I'm going with Deion Sanders. Yeah, I, I would agree. Deion, from everything I'm hearing from all the sources, not only with CU, but inside his camp, I, I'm I'm hearing some pretty legitimate stuff that there is interest and you know, for uh, I'll I'll end with this. If Dion doesn't get this job, what other attractive Power Five job is out there to try and reel him in? That's gonna give him everything that he wants. That is that's the other one. CU's willing to give up the the farm, knowing that they could possibly pay for the rest of the land. So, not every program's at that state. CU is right yeah I if what you said is true with the timing and waiting for him making sure he can coach a celebration bowl that is a massive deal breaker for other schools for sure um Sam 
your predictions. My pick was Bronco Mendenhall. Nice. I feel like I'm going to be disappointed in everything that's going on. I feel like we're not going to get Bronco, we're not going to get Dion, and we're going to get Ryan Walters, and it's going to be kind of sad for three years when we realize, oh, no, this has not gone well. But that's an experienced CU fan perspective. That's an experienced CU fan perspective right there. I don't yeah, want it. But, I don't want it. Uh, I want out. I want off this ride. Damn it. <laughs> if it is, if it is Ryan Walters, can CU afford to have another bad turnaround where recruits are walking out the door where you're not establishing anything? I mean, no, the, the answer this is no. This is a make or break situation. I totally agree. I mean, the answer is is absolutely CU needs to this hire to. I don't know if it needs to like blow the doors off, but it needs to work. Um, and I'd be very it's concerned work. about Ryan Walters. Uh, or was that? I just repeated what you said. Okay. Yeah, um, it does. I mean, if, if worse comes to worse, I'd let's not even talk Ryan Walters. Gary Barnett's available. He calls all the plays in the booth anyway. So, <laughs> Gary I, I mean, if we're going to go back there. Yeah, but I mean, if we're going to go back there. I mean, he's still up in the mind. And, yeah, I believe yeah. Mendenhall's ship has sailed, Sam, to answer your question. No, I know. I just didn't know if we were going to say that on the pod. Yes, uh, it's, been pretty, <laughs> it's been pretty out there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeff, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys yeah, for thank having you, Jeff. me. And uh, yeah, but I hope I hope you are right. It's going to be a very interesting week. G- give give it give it time. Let's see how this unfolds from Monday to Friday. But man, I mean, has has there ever been a more tense situation in CU history over a coaching situation? No, dude. Yeah. I'm freaking it's out. Gary Barnett. I am freaking out. <laughs> Oh, if if all signs are pointing towards Dion, then let's let's ride. Let's do this. Let's let's go. Prime time in Boulder, baby. Prime time in Boulder. I hope you're right, man. All right. I appreciate it again, Jeff. Buzz. 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 Buzz.